0: So we'll go ahead and jump in. Episode three with Jean Marie Thrower. Welcome, Jean. Woo! I thanks. just want to, uh, I pulled up a little something special to let you guys know how I feel about having our first guest on the podcast. <laughs> so, Jean, welcome. That's my cheesy side. I know everyone likes it. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce our first guest. So this is Lisa Kay recording live with Jen Conkey. Hey, And we have our first guest, Jean (laughs) Marie Thrower on the podcast. So um, I'm going to give a little intro to Jean, and then we'll go ahead and kick it off. So um, Jean has been a crusader in the automotive industry. She has grown a business in a male-dominated world over the past decade. And she quickly learned how to stand in her power, speak her truth, and grow her dynamic business. She's bold, inclusive, raw, love-centered, and a powerhouse of knowledge. She's highly respected in the industry and is well-known for wisdom around global supply chain success and navigating the paradigm shift that is actively happening and evolving today. Paired with traversing the rocky terrain of a woman in automotive, her spiritual and personal journey prepared her for this trek. So we're going to go ahead and kick off to hear how Jean is living her dream as a result of doing the spiritual work, um, which has resulted in her harmony, work-life harmony um, today. So yeah, with that, Jean, we'll go ahead and, and kick it over to you. So anything that... You would want to share that I didn't include in your intro, just to give us a little bit of background about you, and um, we'll go from there. Well, thank you,
1: Lisa, um, for the um, introduction. Um, I guess I first want to say that when I um, just going straight into, I guess my my history and yeah. history at this point. When I first started, I kind of like went back and I reflected a little bit, and I've done this over the years a few times. But when I first started, I was more like kind of goofy. I was like, "Oh, I'm a, a young girl," and just trying to, you know, and I worked in a male-dominated environment, the automotive industry, and also in the Army. And um, so I was just trying to kind of be more, like, bouncy and friendly. And if I'm friendly enough, they'll like me. And I really realized after a few years that it, people did like me, but I wasn't able to I wasn't really effective in business. And because I wasn't effective in business, I really wasn't happy. Because I felt you know, that I was kind of tied my professional or who I was was kind of tied to who I was in business. I think we all have that, um, you know, that feeling, that relationship or your kind of your personality is somewhat tied to your work success. So um, then kind of fast forward, I realized and and I was always kind of intuitive and have an old soul uh, believe in past lives. And I did feel in this life that I was meant for something better, but I, You know, in my 20s, I really didn't know what that was. So I started to do some meditating and really started kind of reconnecting with my old soul, my past self, and trying to find out who really I am and how I can impact the world. Not just to be more financially successful, but really to have my own happiness and to have and
0: share happiness with those people around me. Hey Jean, real quick. So, how did you even get it? Like, know that meditation was a thing at such a young age?
1: Well, luckily, my family is is into more of the Eastern um philosophy. I would, yeah. philosophy um, even though I was raised also in in traditional religion, I would say I was more connect. I didn't really connect with traditional religion as much as I did with like connecting with the the chakras and the inner, inner energy. And just finding balance bringing in white light those types of things that's awesome
2: (laughs) i can totally relate to what you said though in my past i was not able to connect to the traditional conventional religion and i was probably 24 when somebody introduced me to buddhism first and then i just started exploring a bunch of stuff and yeah I I can completely relate to that. You find a little bit more balance, it felt like to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was Um, just kind of asking because for someone who's maybe like younger, they may be like, where do I even start? You know, so I was just kind of curious if there were any hints, but it really felt like, you know, just reading and exploring. Well, there's a
1: lot of different information out there and, and a lot of it's interesting. I think one key Book, and I know that we've talked about this before, Lisa, that really changed my perspective. Like, right around my 30s was the Four Agreements um, by Ruez. And they have that,
0: that, like, literally somewhere. I was just reading it. Yeah. So,
1: and I read that. It's a small book. It's really easy to read. The first beginning part of it with the Toltec Indians is a little bit kind of hard to follow if you're not really already in a good place. But if you even just read just the Four Agreements, that's what really opened up my mind to acceptance of other people. Like, I loved all people, but it was like, even if somebody didn't like me, then I was like, well, I'm going to fight back. And, and when I read The Four Agreements and I really embraced it, it took me a few, I had to read it a few times. Then I was like, it's okay if somebody doesn't like me. I can't, I'm not going to let it hold me back. And if they don't like me, I'm fine with that, but I'm just going to try to move away from their aura. Or, you know, there's people that want to maybe even Try to take your time and energy. So, I think going back to business and bliss and how to achieve that, um, I, in my 20s, when I started to try to do better in business and be more serious and more data driven and in a male dominated world and trying to, you know, not just be like the goofy little girl, I went through a transition where I also, for a few years, was I blamed other people for my lack of success. So I would blame, you know, not that I'm a vindictive person, but I think I would be like, well, I'm not getting a promotion because, you know, they they did something negative to me or they, you know, answered the question right in the meeting and took my, you know, I gave them the right answer, but they answered it. This kind of stuff um, went on for also off and on for a few years. And I would say early 30s, after the four agreements and trying to go introspective and do more meditation, I was able to really say, you know, it's not about other people. It's about me. It's about my, you know, I'm sitting here trying to blame somebody for why I didn't get a promotion or why I'm not doing as good at work or why maybe I'm not as liked in certain circles at work or in business. And it comes down to it was, it's all about how I interact with people and what I'm doing. So I really kind of flipped the script back onto myself that I started taking ownership for my, you know, really instead of trying to say, here's it's everybody else's fault that I'm not happy, it really comes down to it was, it's, I think it's the person's responsibility to find their happiness.
0: I, I so did. love that. That came up actually in our first episode where we talked about no one else is responsible for your happiness except you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not happy, Then you need to do something about it. And that goes back to exactly what Don Miguel Ruiz talks about, which says, you know, don't take anything personally because nothing anyone says or does has anything to do with you. It has everything to do with them. So I'm noticing a theme and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I think when I made that shift, I was really, you know, I really, and again, it still happens. I work with people all around the world and there's so many different types of personalities, but. I really feel like in the last 12, 15 years, I've mastered being able to, I mean, I'm talking like some real tense situations and personalities and I'm able to diffuse them. People often come to me in, in crises and when there's a major, you know, strategic going on, they come to me and ask me to facilitate purely because I think they realize that I'm going to be able to, you know, process everybody's feelings and, Somehow I'm kind of like a bridge to when people get around me that are stressed out when they get around me they actually start to calm down. So, so
2: Jane, Jane yeah. you said, you said about, um, being able to diffuse a situation or, or folks asking you to come help meditate. What tactics ED8, do you yeah. do? How do you do it? Do you, are you aware of how you do it? I'm sure you are. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I may, mean, I think it fundamentally at a, at a, um, at a DNA level. I think I have a vibration in my soul. That subconsciously, you know, and, and again, I'm no expert, but I think I have this almost like this calming vibration that kind of vibrates outside and goes into people are like, I can't believe this guy. i got an, and as soon as they get within like five feet of me, I'm like, you know, they so kind of like,
2: I got to ask, you know, are you able to turn that on when you notice that it's a situation? Do you feel something like switch inside of you? And that's good you know, question put out, or is that just how you are?
1: Yeah, it, I will tell you, I do, if it gets, if it's a really tense situation, I do feel a, a kind of like a, my body almost kind of starts humming, yeah. you know, I can, I can hear it inside, but nobody else can, but there's almost like, okay, mm, you know, it's, um, you know, sending yes. out like a message of calming to those around me. And, you know, the other thing is, is you have, I'm, I think listening. So when people start getting tense, I'm like, okay, let's just. I'm able to kind of be that voice of reason calm people down. And again, I mean, I'm, I don't want you guys to think I'm in these super stressful situations all the time, but they can happen in the automotive industry, especially when you're dealing with global platforms. So I do think, think that that's true and I'm able to bring this in our family. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also in family type situations as well. Yeah. So that's been an interesting, that's been an interesting journey. And I think even just what I'm going, I'm going through another transition now. I'm 47, and been very successful at my business. And even now, I feel another shift and change coming. And you know, there's people and companies that I have in my life that I've started to kind of let go of, or to cut cut loose, or figure out a way to kind of separate myself from them. And that's a whole nother level of um, taking a leap of faith, if you want to call it that, uh, because you're used to, you know, having all these things going on and then all of a sudden now you're trying to let them go. So that's another, but it's a transition for me. I'm going through another life trans. and that every 10 to 15 years, I feel like I've had a major, um, shift in my, that makes sense. Now
2: if mm-hmm. I could ask you another question. When you, you just said you feel a shift coming on, so mm-hmm. that tells me that you're, you're a feeler. You probably have like a kinesthetic energy that, that that's how you kind of internally represent things. Mm-hmm. So if you feel it coming, what is it? Like, is it your interactions with some of these people that are just making you feel bogged down? Or are they sucking
0: your energy or
2: I don't want to get too personal, but yeah,
0: no question, because you know, that's the whole point of, of hopefully us doing this podcast is to help create awareness with people. Like, yeah. yeah tell us more I about that. The like, mess-
1: when I, if I go back and reflect on when this has happened to me throughout my life, it's like, no matter what, it's almost like the signs are on, the writing and signs are on the wall. When you are, when you touch something and it doesn't turn to gold, when, you know, you can't seem to make, no matter what you do, you can't seem to make anybody happy certain on a certain team or in a certain situation. Um, people that you're dealing with, know, you don't do anything at all, and they're like trying to come back and be negative to you. That's a sign a universal sign and an energy sign that you're not in the right place. Yeah. So a, that's, that's another point. That's
2: another point of the show. We are, we're trying to find out because a lot of the folks that, that I've spoke with that have this ability that you're saying that you have, which is really cool. Super, being super intuitive. And I'm not, I have some of it too. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have it at the level that you do, which is you're remarkable. I think no, you never some know. some <laughs> folks, the reason why I asked you that question on, do you make that conscious decision to send out that vibration is, some of the folks that I talk to, um, it's not like something they're aware of until after the fact. And it sounds like you're more advanced and you are pretty methodical about, okay, so here's the situation and this is how I'm going to approach it. And you can move from there. And and being able to recognize the signs of what you're explaining is, is huge. And that's part of what we're trying to do with the podcast is look at the signs. What is the universe? Yeah.
1: I think the self-awareness, especially with the the younger generations that are coming up, I think they're even more, I think it's, you know, I think like I, like I said, I'm 47, but I think even the people in their 30s and 20s, if they are aware of this, listening to a podcast like this, and they're like, they know they have a capability to make the world better, to bring common peace, to, to make, you know, to have a better life for themselves and their families, then they can do it. And I think that the younger, the people being born now even are, have this capability even probably, even more naturally than somebody like myself um, because I have, I was born in 72 and I feel like what my initial feeling is to fight against it. Cause I'm like, I don't want to change. You know, that's, that's my initial, like, you know, um, you know, what do you call it? 1980s you know, mentality or whatever. Like, I don't want to change. Yeah. I'm comfortable. I just want to stay the same. And I'm like, why can't I stay the same? But I'm looking at all the signs and it's telling me there's people and businesses that I need to move away from. And I will continue to have strife and, um, and knocking heads and, and not a positive feeling if I continue to stay. I'm trying to, it's almost
0: like swimming upstream. So I'm so glad you said that because it's, I, I'm exactly thinking of that. So, um, Abraham Hicks, they talk a ton about this concept of swimming upstream and that when you actually release and go with the flow and move toward joy, which is what it feels like when you're going with the flow of the river, um, then that's when you experience bliss and that's when you experience all the positive things. And so I, that's exactly a great summary of what you're saying, because if you feel like you talked about, like, if you feel you know, like you can't. What you're touching isn't turning to gold, all that. You know, I think it's that. Like, if I, I'm kind of trying to get a synopsis here for our listeners, but it's really like making time to tune into yourself yes. every mm-hmm. day, check in with yourself, and be aware. Is does what I'm doing right now bring me joy? And if you make joy your compass, if joy is your compass every moment of every day and you check in, does this bring me joy? Does this job bring me joy? Does this relationship Mm -hmm. bring me joy? Does, you know, this class I'm in, this major Mm -hmm. I'm pursuing, does this career path, whatever it may be, does that, if joy is my compass, um, then you can never be lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think there's always growing points in our lives. There's growing points where it, okay. It was like, Is shopping right now, bringing me joy. And you're like, well, not right now because something else is, I think that's about, that's also a little bit of how you grow because you want to sometimes strife and some things happening in your life is that's how you kind of are molded and formed and forged, you know, also. So I look back on all the negative, I'll say negative stuff, things that have happened that have been challenges for me. And I'm like, what, the way I view it is, thank goodness I had those. More people need to be thankful even for the obstacles or that's where they miss. That's where they're missing. The, the bigger picture is embrace that. Oh man, I just, I lost my job. I got fired. You know what? Instead of being bitter, say, I'm glad I got fired because maybe I need to learn something about myself here through this pain and maybe I can reinvent myself. So it's almost like turn it into a better situation. I think that's a piece also that's missing out there. Um, across the board with people is something bad happens and they automatically are taking it as a negative and we need to turn it into a good positive.
2: I think that I think you just hit on something that that brought a thought to my mind and the difference is what you're explaining about there's people in your life right now that you feel like you need to move away from because there's a lot of strife to me there's a difference between adversity that builds you and through repetition you grow and strife. know Mm -hmm. I call that drama so adversity versus drama has always been my thing I'm gonna go if I will face adversity and I will go through it and I will fail and I will learn and I will get back up and I will go again but the drama piece is like Mm -hmm. we already have enough adversity we need to go through it with the drama right so I would move away from the drama and move towards adversity to keep growing and I think that's might be what you're saying but Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but that's what I think. You
1: you have to know when it's time to go. Yeah, I think it's okay to stay sometimes in a situation when you're trying to, you're like, okay, I'm not ready to let go of this person yet or I'm not ready to let go of this deal or this relationship because there's still something, even though it's not positive, there's still something I need to learn from this. Mm -hmm. to experience or, or absorb from the experience. So that's okay, but you just have to know when like I'm hitting the point where for the last, I would say 14 months, I've been swimming upstream more and more and I'll go with current for a second. Now I'm like, Nope, I gotta go. And I keep going back, but I'm through a seasonal change. You know, I'm going through, it's just everything has a season and I've almost stayed a little bit longer in it. Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed to learn something from it. Like I have, you know, a company that we're in disagreement about. And I was like, I could just bail or I could stay a little bit longer and learn what else could I have done differently to be better. I don't want this to happen again.
0: Mm-hmm. Root cause
1: staying in it longer. So it's okay too, to stay longer. You just have to know when it's time for you holistically to really go. Yeah. And the cool that's part, that's part is everything, right?
0: Relationships too. It goes forever. Yeah. It's all the interconnected. The cool thing is, um, and I firmly believe this, there also is no wrong decision, right? So I mean, you know, it's just, it's no, there's no wrong path. There's just a different path. So whether you stay too long, you know, I said on our first podcast, like I stayed in corporate America about five years too long, you know, maybe yes, maybe no. But to your point, I mean, there were a lot of things that I learned through that rocky five years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, when, when I met my husband, when I had my kids, I mean, there was a lot that happened during that time that, I learned a ton from it. So there's not a wrong path. There's just a different path. And I also like what you said about really leaning into these tumultuous situations and almost, um, Jen, I'm having a Janice Kring moment. I remember Janice Kring one time told me about this concept of like the 50,000 foot view. So instead of like participating in every situation and like feeling it and being so bogged down by it, like Observe it. Look, look down. You know, from fifty thousand feet in the air, look down and see all the little ants running around. Like, what can you observe in this situation? What can you kind of take away and kind of, you know, take yourself out of it for a second just to assess it. Um, and it made me think of uh, Lana schlafer She's a mindset coach. She, she's really far advanced in the spiritual mindset practice. And you know, this this concept of giving gratitude to Um, you know, these conflicts in your life, she calls it contrast to these negative moments. And so I remember a story she talked about how she um, got in a little car accident, someone like hit her from behind, she had a fender bender. And she was like, I, I've realized I'm so evolved in my practice. I was able to be thankful for the car accident, because I met the person who hit me, and they were amazing. We're best, you know, we're great friends. And I was like, dang, I have work to do, because I would not be like, thank God for this car accident. Amen. Let me go see what this person is doing. I'd be like, the hell happened? You know? <laughs> so, um, that was funny, but I mean, gosh, like may that be our guiding light, right? To be like, okay, this happened to me and obviously not be Pollyanna. Like, Oh, everything's perfect. But to be like, okay, why did this happen? And you know, what, what can I take away from this? We checked? probably
1: got about five new podcast topics. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, can take, them out. we can take two or two or three at least themes here and make two or three more podcasts on just those themes. Because- I, I so
0: think much. that um
2: I, one of the things that I really wanted to find out from you today is for me there's like there's six areas of life that I feel like I'm always trying to balance right mm-hmm. and so for me it's it's family like my immediate family in my house relationships with friends and extended family right Mm -hmm. and then there's personal growth um fitness and nutrition spirituality and uh not necessarily career for me but my business so for for most it would be career which i guess Mm -hmm. it could still be classified that so and in all of that balancing all of that um it's always been something that's been difficult and i've had to strive to work for what are some of the the trip the tips and tricks that you use to to try to stay balanced, and what are your areas of life?
1: Well, I constantly go back to bringing in the white light energy and maintaining you know a positive, almost like a positive energy bubble, myself. And I think one of the things I'm going through, and so I'm kind of like, if you would have talked to me a year and a half ago, I would have been telling you like I've got it all together. But now that you're talking to me in the middle of this transition, I'm also struggling to rebalance. Yeah. I'm going through that right now. Yeah. So honestly, you know, I'm probably not the best candidate. To, to no, go. you are.
0: You are. No, tell us. Yeah, tell yeah, us. Tell us you. what are the things that you're doing for that? Everybody goes through it. I right? just like the cycle. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it, you know the 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 what it is. It's a, it's a blessing too. So I have to look at it as a blessing. I'm so well known internationally. I have five thousand contacts in my phone. They're all like CEOs and VPs and. You know, I'm, I'm well known around the world. So I have so many people, if somebody has one lead in, and they're in, you know, South Africa, they're like calling me and they're like, and I know them. And so it's like, how do you balance knowing, you know, five, 10, 15,000 people that all view you because of my energy. They view me as a personal friend. (laughs) Yeah. The best friend. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting to be in that. So I'm trying to figure out how to leverage that. That's another podcast. (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay, okay I'll make a note because, that's yeah better. because, because um, it's interesting that I I go inside and I, and I go inside and I, I, I feel I'm like okay I'm, how do I turn me being very well great friends with so many people around the world into something that's, that I can handle and manage and do so that's part of the transition that I'm going through as well I'd love to coach you through that you're going to coach me through that <laughs> Yeah, because, um, it's, it's important. I, I, it's important to recognize that I have a gift and how do I turn that into a positive for me? Okay. So that I can survive it. Cause right now I'm getting bombarded. I mean, I, I could literally never go to sleep and I would not stop on emails or phone or, or, you know, outside, outside of work. I mean, that's how, cause people just call me and they're like, they think that I have the answers to everything even in business and personal
2: (laughs) with huge response, like with with huge expectations like that, you know, I mean,
1: I kind of feel like I should start a church or something and just be like, (laughs) I mean, then I can tell you what's, you know, I can tell you all at one time, but, um, but that's not really, I don't feel like that's my vibe. So, you know, I was talking to Lisa and Jen talking to you. I'm actually wanting to do this podcast and I feel like kind of talking about it is also therapeutic and, um, you know, And it kind of opens back up that I need to figure it out. I'm kind of hiding from it for the little, you know, I'm like, ah, crap. I got to go through a change again. Here we go. You know, I'm going to have to, I got to peel my skin off and expose myself to the elements. And then I have to do something different, but I have to figure it out because um, I can't go, I've reached a breaking point. I can't go at this pace with this amount of workload. I can't keep going. Right. well, you- I'm at a, oh, go ahead. Yeah. well, I'm just saying, I don't know if you guys want to cut that out. It doesn't sound super, super positive for the podcast. You might have to edit that, but, but yeah, that's what, um, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm going through. It's been interesting. We're all about too. real
0: life on here. It's
1: real
2: life. And that's what this is about. Cause yeah. there's a lot of people out there that struggle with it, not at your scale, but they're struggling with it too. And it's important to get that out there that, you know, there's other people that are struggling with it and this is how I handle it and then cross-pollinate ideas on how to get through it that's the whole point
1: yeah i you know every you know whatever situation you're going through at that time is the hardest thing you've ever gone through at that time so even if you're a 25 year old at a job and you're at a crossroads and you're like should i stay in this job where i just feel valued or important or should i try to take a leap of faith if you're you're at the same crossroads that i am at you know i mean it literally is no different it doesn't matter the scale that's true level It is the same emotional feeling of maybe feeling a little trapped, feeling confused, um, worried, insecurity. Those are all the same common themes that whether you're 25, 30, 50, 80, or or when I'm working at a grocery store or you're working at corporate or you have your own business. Same thing. Yeah, because emotions are a universal language.
2: So that makes sense. That it makes
1: I would suggest, um, raising the soul vibration, the aromas, smell, aroma smells, um, some of the relaxation music, um, uh, meditation. And I do a bring in the white light energy is a big one for me. I will, if I'm feeling like I'm getting pulled in 10 directions, I just stop and bring in the white light energy. And I just ask the, the source, you know, my old soul and the source to just, um, you know, Me a direction of what I should be doing right now, but that's a that's kind of a band aid, too. You've got to really figure it out for long term, you can't just do it like on the fly all the time. So, yeah,
2: I think the first step is for everybody to realize that everybody's making the decisions that they make in the moment are with the the best resources they had available to them or to us. You know, we make our decisions given our current situation and everything we have available, and then if it didn't work out perfectly, which nothing ever does, then we learn and we just keep going. I think once we Embrace that it's easier because when we assign that, oh man, I made that mistake, and then we put failure as a label to it, then mm-hmm. we the ending and all of the guilt that comes with the ending is the baggage we take away. Yeah, working through it, and I think that that is key. So I always say there's that's no easy. such thing as failure; it's just feedback. Yeah,
1: and talk. that's another podcast, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Topic for sure. <laughs> that's a, that's a whole that's a whole series right there. Um, as far as that, it's not failure right. You know, yeah. Failure. It's, it's an opportunity.
2: Us Walk us through from the business side. We've talked a lot about bliss and how to maintain balance. What, are, what's your, like, what's your greatest accomplishment that made you feel really great about, man, I'm pretty cool. I, I did something pretty awesome.
1: You know, when I, um, I did, I, um, I was in a job working as a consultant. I was working for a company, but I was doing some automotive consultant stuff. And when I said one day, I was like, I'm going to start my own company. Mm-hmm. And, And when I did that, I thought that was pretty significant for somebody who, I didn't have a whole lot of money um, saved up and, you know, but I was single and and didn't have kids. So it's a little bit harder, you know, when you have the other stuff going on. So I had a little pretty much, I was like, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it now. You know, I won't won't ever do it later. So I just took a leap of faith and I worked a lot of other jobs too. So I don't want to act like, oh, I just got started my company and it just, I just started making it. Um, I had to work other jobs part-time work on nights and weekends. I was the only employee for the first five years and it was business development and consulting. So you, that's something you can kind of do on your own, yeah. but then able to start hiring people. So I think that was one of the bigger accomplishments. And then when I started to get asked to, um, what I liked is being asked to speak or when they wrote an article about me in like automotive news or, you know, business journals or um, site selection journals. I was asked to speak in different venues around the world about the automotive supply chain. You know, that kind of makes you feel pretty significant. Yeah. That you're invited to speak somewhere in Europe. That's awesome. Know, or in, you know, Mexico or China or something like that. So
2: that's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Plus, I like to I like to try to speak because I like to be a female role model mm-hmm. in, to tell young girls, like, you can, like, you know, I have my own business. I didn't have any money. I didn't have family money or anything like that. I really just started out on my own. And, um, and I did it and if I did it, you can do it. And also a lot of, um, young girls and even minorities are not really shown opportunities in the automotive industry. So that's another passion of mine that I think I've been able to influence because of my status, just standing up in front of, you know, a thousand people. And talking about um, women in the automotive industry and things like that.
2: Yeah, that takes a lot of courage because there's not very many of them out there. I started in the automotive industry when I was 19, so that was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard industry, yeah.
2: I was there for seven years, and uh, that's where I learned the most, most lessons on leadership. The most. Yeah. Were you on the West Coast or the East Coast? I was on the West Coast. It was in Arizona. And it wasn't like I was making cars by any means. I was making yeah. airbags. So yeah. and we had to go, like a lot of the time I had to go to Tennessee to visit Nissan. I had to go visit car manufacturing. Was it
1: Auto AutoLeave?
2: It was not Auto AutoLeave. It was TRW. TRW. Okay. Yeah, yeah. AutoLeave TRW. was a big competitor though. But yeah, we did, yeah. I was working at TRW out there and yeah. uh, we did airbags and stuff. And it was just, it was a challenge because I was 19 and got promoted to a supervisor role of guys that were like 45, 50, and mm-hmm. I was like you, trying to be bubbly, friendly, whatever. And they were like, "Yeah, scram, scram, kid. Yeah. What are you doing?" And so I yeah. learned a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. You had to be more assertive and data driven, and then yes. all, you couldn't, you couldn't have emotions. No, no. You couldn't have any emotions. <laughs> no,
2: not at all. It was nope. like Tom Hanks.
1: There's no crying in
2: baseball. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but I've never really been a crier though, so I didn't, yeah. I didn't. That didn't bother me. When I got mad, I would get mad. So I had like the, you know, the temper part of like, are you kidding me? How are you going to disrespect me or something like that? But I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be the crier. So, yeah. yeah, but the emotion still of showing anything I had on my sleeve, I, I, I had a mentor that told me you have to go learn how to play poker because you got to work on your poker face and you got to make sure that mm-hmm. you don't show your emotions. So, I mean, that developed into a really cool habit that I'm pretty good at now, but I love yeah. poker, <laughs> but, but I'm saying, yeah, there you know. Yeah, I I learned not to leave that emotion right there anymore because that was the the dynamic.
1: Yeah, Jean, what would you say? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying that's an awesome story. And yeah, I mean, I can feel What would you
0: say for females right now who are in an industry or work environment that they feel is male-dominated and they don't feel that they can fully step into their power or they don't feel that they're getting the respect, like, when you think back through what helped you finally figure that out and finally navigate it, because now, um, in that industry, I mean, people don't view you as male, female. They just view you as yeah. powerhouse, gene thrower. So uh, what would you say got you over some of those hurdles?
1: Well, I mean, I think, you know, honestly, it comes down to time, you know, the act, the action that, you know, the proof is in the pudding, I guess. So you know, everybody, I could, I could be exactly the same person right now and just put me back when I was in 25 years old, but with the exact same knowledge I have now, and I would still be, people would still say, okay, you're only 25, you know, or you just turned 30. So it, it goes back to a little bit of, you have to do, you have to pay your dues a little bit too. That's, and I don't know, Jen, if you, I mean, at TRW, I mean, you, still have to that is bills. all I faced, all I ever faced was the age thing. And it, I
0: mean, yeah.
2: The, the age and, and the gender, like to me, the age was more of an issue for me. So mm-hmm. I know that I always talk about women that are like, oh, girl power. And I'm saying, God, don't say that. Just be like you power. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're yeah. a girl, a boy, a monkey, whatever. yeah, you yeah. But then I go right back to myself and I was like, damn it. I'm only 19, but I can still do this, this, and this, even though I know I want. So, I mean, it's the same thing. It's a mindset thing
1: for yeah, and I I think, yeah, so I think, you know, listen, you could any age and be super smart but whatever situation you're in and and even for young women you still have to learn pay your dues listen to others make observations don't come in there because you're a straight a student from yale and think that you're going to nail it because what you should really be doing is hey can you even if you think your boss is a total douchebag He's gonna be more willing to help you if you go up to him and say, hey, I wanna learn, I wanna be successful. Can you please show me, guide me, give me some ideas? Okay, even if you don't think he's super great, yeah, he's got there for somehow he's doing something in the business that's yeah. working. At least, at least give that a chance. If that doesn't work, you have two choices. You figure out how to uh, manage inclusion. You figure out how to maneuver through that culture or you leave. Yep. Those are your and, choices. <laughs> I have interviewed over like 50 women that, hey,
2: how did you do it? And that's one of the first things they said. My entrance strategy was I went in, I found out who's the biggest dog here. And I befriended them and asked them for feedback, advice, everything else so that I became their protege, whether it was a man or a woman that I was asking. Yeah, what I did and I yeah. did perfect. I be- then I became the subject matter expert and I did, I stayed in my lane and I just marched and I just did what I was supposed to do while managing everybody else. I didn't operate like I was in a vacuum and mm-hmm. I didn't do the whole, you know, oh, I'm going to try and prove myself thing. So those are like the three biggest things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say prove myself, thing like prove that I'm good enough to be here, it was more of a I'm going to prove what I needed to prove was I can do the job.
1: Right. Yeah. But you have to have allies. It's like Game of Thrones, you know. It really you, is. You gotta have allies. You have to you have to know where the pieces are at on the chessboard. You gotta know who's influenced by what, you know, kingdom is influenced by what. And what's, what are the motives? And, you know, in our, in the big scheme of things, it's a game for people in life too. It's kind of like competition, which is kind of fun. So if you look at it in the right way, it can be a positive. Mm -hmm. And even for the younger generation, that's something that, you know, they should take into consideration is just, just listen, listen and learn and observe, get mentor, and um, make it work for you.
2: That's cool.
0: Open for feedback.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. I have a question. So if you look back, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, what advice would you give yourself? So, you know, you talked about that a little bit ago, if you, even if you were back in time with what you know now, but you know, when you think about people who are about to make this transition into running their own business and leaving corporate America, which there's a mass exodus of that happening right now, or people who are wanting to get ahead in their careers and kind of thrive in that environment you know to get ahead and to to catch up with where you are now like what would you, what advice would you give people who are earlier on in their careers to be further along by the time that they reach our age in the future
1: yeah and we kind of said it earlier honestly the first step is whatever's going wrong in your life is nobody else's fault but your own
0: okay ownership accountability
1: is yeah. ownership I mean you have to really go so through you have to embrace that and even though it's painful and it, you might feel like how can it be my fault you know I'm working with great crazy people there's got to be something that you can do from a different approach a different angle befriend them in a different way something that you can do or maybe you realize that you're in a bad situation and your job is to leave it and do the work to find something else to do yeah to move so I mean, I think the first bottom line step is, is you, what, if I could go back and tell myself, because what I wanted to do is I wanted to blame and complain about, I wanted to complain. Oh, they, they're, they're terrible. You know, it's their fault. This work wasn't done on time and this, that and the other, all that may be true, but what am I, what can I do to fix it?
0: Make it for me. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, we were talking about giving gratitude um, to things earlier, because we've got three former targeteers on the call <laughs> right now, which <laughs> hilarious um, because I do think that the one big thing that, you know, target is great at was teaching us accountability. Sometimes mm-hmm. not much, but uh, <laughs> I mean,
2: I target was life changing for me. I will never yeah. speak ill of that company. I freaking love target. I would yeah. sometimes say, Shit, why did I ever leave? but if I hadn't, I wouldn't be where I am. But yeah. man, I just, I loved it. I loved it there. I
1: loved everything.
2: I, I yeah. Saw.
1: I learned a lot when I was there too. So, I mean, I got to give them credit because I really learned about what's feedback. I didn't even know what feedback. I thought it was like, you know, your radio had too much, you know, vibration. <laughs> or something. I was like feedback on the radio. What, what's that? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great, fantastic company and they do a great job with leadership and with, you know making people accountable and giving them like really the right tools yeah and it's like all three of us do have that theme
0: right mm-hmm. so yeah yeah
1: yeah it's so
0: it <laughs> yeah hey. I <laughs> I I didn't red, know red what'd you say Jen? Uh,
2: i didn't even know that gene was from target or had any target background the one who got me into target yeah this is so funny because the whole time she was talking i was like Man, she's like right in line with all of my values. And I got I started when I was like 28, 27. Yeah. And that's right yeah. when I was coming into like who I was. And, and yeah. me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I stepped out of automotive for a minute and went to Target for I think three years. And I did a, I did a the start, a startup in the Huntsville. Oh. Huntsville distribution center. It was one of the very first ones outside of the original five distribution centers. Oh yeah. So it was, well, it was one of my it was one of my buildings when I was a regional. Okay, yeah. So Huntsville, I, know, was, yeah, I yeah. launched, I did the Greenfield launch with that facility. Okay. Yeah. So cool. but I originally started in Indianapolis, and I was only in Indianapolis for seven or eight months, and then I transferred because I needed a change, yeah. and I was looking for a change. And then, and this is one of those painful situations I went through, because I love Target, and I was all about Target, but mm-hmm. the plant went through a change with new leadership, and I was part of the old regime. You know how that, you know, you yeah. get... Kind of regime and they had a new regime coming in and I was part of the old camp and so you could see where they were like okay they were you could tell they wanted to process me out at the end of the day it is what it is and I wouldn't have had my own I wouldn't have moved back into automotive so it's like at the time I was you know I was what 30 something and I was mad (laughs) I was like I'm mad you know I gave them everything but you look back and you're like it it was another sign of getting that tap on the shoulder, like it's time to move on.
2: Yeah. is The universe talking to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so now, even though at that time, maybe I didn't handle it, you know, super maturely, but I got over it pretty quick. I mean, I got over it pretty quick. I was like, everything happens for a reason. But now I look back and just, in just acknowledging that what a great experience and I learned from it and it was okay that I moved on. That gives you a positive vibe mm-hmm. in all the way up through to That's your trajectory. Yeah. Yep. So going exactly. back and admitting, you know, if you go back, if I was sitting here today and say, yeah, they, I feel like I got a bad deal and this. I, now all of a sudden I've taken that negativity and yep. I've it 15 years or 20 yep. years, it's yep. not even worth it. I think you just hit on one of the
2: biggest things that I, that I, if I could go back 15 years and it would be, don't point the finger anywhere else. Cause when you point the finger somewhere else, like you take away your own power, and mm-hmm. that's something that I've been trying to tell everybody that I'm working with lately is don't, don't blame, don't point, just turn it right back around. Don't take away your power. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. let people affect you that way. Cause it, it'll mess up your
0: mind. I yeah. yeah, love that you guys are saying that Tony Robbins. Um, I'm slightly obsessed with him. So you guys will hear me talk about him a lot, but he has this concept of don't give away your happiness. Like we give away our happiness too easily. Right. You know, Someone walks in the door and they're in a bad mood, and we give away our happiness. Or, you know, someone says something to us in the hallway at work and us off. We give away our happiness. Or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and it's a struggle. At four a.m. and you're like tired and crabby, you give away your happiness. Like, don't give away your happiness so freely. You know, I mean, I kind of think through like what would be, you know, kind of like a summary of of some of the things we're talking about. One of them is accountability and ownership and um, getting yo shit right first. I feel like we we go back to that too. Like I talked about that in the first first podcast. <laughs> yo shit, <laughs> yo shit. Don't worry about everybody else. Um, and then you know, secondly, don't give away your happiness so quickly. Be more protective of your happiness. Yeah. So,
2: well, this was this was a really good first session. I, I mean, we're definitely going to want you back on the call.
0: Woo! Yes, yeah, girl. Ask about your transformation. Yeah. What transformation? Well, the ones, yeah, the one you're going through right now.
2: Yeah, and like, oh. we'll come back in a couple you know, weeks. Back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to yeah. do,
1: yeah, I could be like a side series. We're like, okay, we're going to talk to this yeah. again one more time. <laughs> Let's do <laughs> side
2: series. That's funny. Well, That's a- uh, I wanted to just say and recap really quick. So some of the things that, you know, for the listeners out there that I heard yeah. you talk about is you know, the white light, right? Connect with mm-hmm. it. Connect the light. Stay whole, get whole if you're not. And like mindset is everything. And then I also heard you talking about making sure that you're accountable, you own it, you don't put the blame on other people. Try to have a calming vibration and listen, right? Mm -hmm. And then you also said, try to be the voice of reason whenever they're trying to Mm -hmm. implement something or navigate through something that's a little bit adversity heavy.
0: When I kind of think back on everything you talked about, I mean, it is all about... Ownership and accountability. If you're in an unhappy situation, ask yourself, what am I not giving? What could I be doing differently? Um, You know, look at yourself. And we talked about a couple books out there for our readers. So the four agreements is a great one um, that talks about, you know, not taking things personally. So I think that's great. Um, And this, this concept of like not giving away your happiness, like just decide, Right. Just decide that I am going to protect my joy. I may not always be perfect at it. I may not always nail it. But if that's the compass, if your compass is navigate through this transition and find peace, go with the flow, right? So we talked about Abraham Hicks with that concept of going with the flow, going with the current versus upstream. Mm-hmm. If that's your compass, if that's what you wake up every day and focus on, you know, you're know, you going to get it right more often than not.